At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Minnesota Tim Podcast. It's a Wednesday, which means it's Jake's Takes Day. Please rate and review the podcast right now while I... Book Jacob and get him ready for the podcast. He's ready already, but that just sounds nice. Okay, Jake, welcome back. It's Wednesday morning. It's tradition for the last four weeks for you to come on the Minnesota Tim podcast at 6 a.m. I'm in my robe. It must be Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Here we are. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. No complaints. Yeah. Well, you know, tired lately. I think I'm like catch. I have a little bit of like a cold or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it is cold Yeah. And I played basketball last week and I just, my, I was so sluggish and more sluggish than normal. I'm always sure. sluggish. That's yeah. what I do. <laughs> I was even a lot more sluggish than normal. I was hardly making it up and down the court. So I haven't played now. And I was like, yeah, I need some, I think I need a little break. And that's, that'll happen when you're around 120. Five fifth graders every day. I feel like it, you just pass around a cold for about nine months, and then the summer hits, and then you're good. Yeah, even when you're not around 125 fifth graders each and every day, Monday through Friday, you still get a cold. So right. I, I'm not around 125 fifth graders, and I'm just getting over it. I had a bad one from like Thursday to Monday, and um, Tuesday I finally started feeling like myself again. Uh, the recovery yeah. process is almost 100%. I think I'm at like 95, 96% recovery. So I'm feeling pretty good um, right now. Yours is just starting. Yeah. Well, it's, that's kind of last week a little bit. I started to feel just kind of t- extra tired. Mm-hmm. Like Monday, I woke up even and just like I never, like I went to bed at like 9 30, 10 o'clock, something like that, normal time. And then I woke up and I've, I've never felt, it's been a long time since I just felt that tired. Mm. Yeah. My coffee didn't help. I had a Diet Coke at lunch and I was like, and it helped a little bit get through the day, but man, I just, the whole body was just like, <sighs> yeah. Well, what, 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 what went wrong in your theories that you went for a Diet Coke? You got to go with that Mountain Dew or Coke or uh, even Sprite's okay. You're a Diet Coke man now? 
No, I just mixed it up. And then, like, so at home, I have a Mountain Dew, case of Mountain Dew, you know. So I, I, I have plenty of Mountain Dew. So I bought it at school because I was, like, really optimistic. I was that guy. I'm like, I don't need a pop today. Yeah. We're going to power through. And then it was, like, it was like 9.45, and I was already, like, <laughs> laying on the floor. I was like, all right, vending machine. What do we yeah. got? <laughs> trying to Diet Coke randomly. Speaking of laying on the floor. I think a lot of people were laying on the floor after Will Lutz double doinked it off the uprights in the Vikings versus London game. Now, I, you could have literally said anything, and I would have said, speaking of... I'd say that was a professional segue by you. But, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just kind of made it up. Um, that was good. I pulled it out of the thin air. <laughs> anyway, so Vikings defeat Saints 28-25 without mm-hmm. James Winston, Mike Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and an offensive lineman. A win's a win, but it was a tough win against four mm-hmm. players missing from the Saints starting lineup. Um, your overall thoughts about the Vikings' victory over New Orleans? That was kind of funny this weekend of football for Minnesota fans because I feel like while the scores were very different, the Gophers <laughs> were clearly the better team in their game against Purdue. And they kept giving away the game over and over again. And you kept waiting for them to seal the deal, so to speak, Mm -hmm. until Purdue, they finally let Purdue basically take a game that they didn't deserve, right? Or, you know, that they were this inferior opponent and they took it because the game was close. Watching the Vikings game, although there was more points, it was kind of deja vu to me because it was like the Vikings are the better team, but we're just kind of. Not putting our, you know, the pedal to the metal. We're not finishing them off. We're letting them hang around. We're not really converting when we need to convert. But until they did. And that was the difference, obviously. That's, I mean, because I've heard a lot of Vikings fans complaining about that game on Sunday. And there's plenty of things to complain about. But when you're three and one, kind of like last week, even when we were talking about the Lions, I'd rather be three and one and complain about things in a win than potentially one and three complaining about all these things in a loss. Like they credit to them. They still converted in the fourth quarter and did enough to win, even though like that effort will, you know, you do that effort in green Bay in you know, 14 weeks, 13 weeks, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know, you probably lose by 20 points, but you beat the team on the calendar when you're supposed to beat them. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it's another step. They're figuring stuff out. They're figuring stuff out. It's all new. New players, new coaches, new schemes. <laughs> you know, that, as we joke about it, that does take time to figure out. Like, Daniil Hunter is a perfect example. He has, like, seven pressures the whole year so far. Like, obviously, that dude's an all-pro DM. Like, he's going to continue, and the coaching staff's going to continue to work on and figure out how to get him in better situations to pass with. You know, like, just stuff like that. Figuring mm-hmm. out how to use Thielen. Figuring out how to get Jefferson more open scheme-wise. Yeah. So. Offensively, I think our scheme was closer to the Green Bay game, at least how it looked on television, um, yeah. than the Detroit Lion game and um, the Eagle game. I thought we were moving the ball really well offensively. It seemed mm-hmm. like passing yards were coming easy. Uh, obviously, the problem came down to the red zone uh, when mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson dropped a pass. It was a little bit behind him, but if he's going to be the best receiver in the NFL, 
you probably should catch that. You can touch it, you can catch it, right? Exactly. It touches your hands. I don't care anywhere, any part of your hands, you should catch it. That's mm-hmm. the family rule. And then um, Munt dropped another one on third and one. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that could have been, I mean, easily a first down, but he could have maybe got into the end zone if he made one man miss. Kirk did miss Adam Thielen wide open on that play after. I, yeah. They, there are some people posting some things after the game, and it's like, whoa, he missed him wide open. That would have been a touchdown for Thielen. But who knows? Maybe Thielen would have dropped it. So the disappointing part offensively was that they had to settle for so many field goals, and the Saints, yeah. like you said, allowed for us to blow the game away in the third quarter with Andy Dalton's fumble at the uh, end of the half, um, the muff punt that they had. And the Vikings just failed to capitalize, like you were mentioning, on those opportunities. But they still won the game. The offense looked good. There's a lot of people talking and complaining about Donatel's defense. Do you have any opinions about the defense? I mean, to me, it's too early to tell because it's not like it'd be one thing if last year, Mike Zimmer's last year, we had a... uh, top 10 defense. Right. I think and that's Donald, more it too. I, I think and Donatel came yeah. in and ruined a good defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me, but we were the bottom five last year of total defense. Like we were one of the worst defenses. Yeah. And Donatel came in with inheriting those players and he brought in Jordan Hicks. He brought in Zedarius Smith. Like he's brought in some guys that help. Um, but if you look at our, our, players that we have rotating in there. We still have corners that nobody knows the heck who they are. Um, Harrison Smith's getting older. Our other safeties like are just kind of that's that Martellus guy. And, and I mean, it's, so it's not like we have an all pro personnel lighting mm-hmm. up there in three, four. So I think as much as they have to figure all that out too, it's not like we have in a defensive talent one through 11 where it's just like, we should be an automatic top 10 defense. I mean, the, 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 Peak is probably somewhere like 15, like middle of the pack is probably the best they can do with this personnel, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that take. I, I've seen a lot of complaints about the Donatel, and uh, I haven't really jumped on that bandwagon, but I get that bandwagon because things are coming so easily for opponents. It just seems like they're dinking and dunking and finding the middle of the field um, the entire game if they want to, except for the Green Bay game, like the Eagles. They just marched up and down the field and scored so easily. The Lions, Jared Goff was just picking the Vikings defense apart like he was the best quarterback in the league. And Andy Dalton was doing similar things offensively for the Saints. This is my theory for Donatel. The Vikings defense, if they played straight up, like the way maybe he wants to play, they would just get burned and schooled and it would just be a disaster. Well, what we keep on hearing is that the Vikings defense doesn't want to give up the big play. And that's very noticeable. It seems like the Vikings are playing a prevent defense almost every possession. The cornerbacks are like 10 to 15 yards off of the wide receivers. But if we put Dantzler and Peterson lining up straight up man-to-man against the receivers, I'm pretty confident that those receivers would take those two cornerbacks to school pretty much the entire game. And then, you, mm-hmm. like you said, you got can uh Cam Bynum and Harrison Smith and the safeties as safeties. It's like those guys, I mean, Smith, I love you, but you're not as elite as you used to be. You're a solid safety right now. You're not the best. 
um, mm-hmm. anymore, maybe like it used to be. So I think it's more of a protection because we don't have the personnel um, to slow down opponents. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, I mean, you kind of summed up there. Our best cornerback is Patrick Peterson, who's definitely on the other side of his career. You know what I mean? Like on a good team, he's probably your second best corner at best. You know, mm-hmm. you should have somebody probably better. And that's no, again, same way with Harrison Smith. It's no discredit to them. Like they're obviously, they went through their peak. They both were towards the top, if not the top in the league at their position at one point in their careers. But that's just, you know, that's how time works. Eventually, you aren't that guy anymore. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. If they were just doing straight up man with some, I mean, Peterson would get picked apart by all these Cooper Cups and these, you know, Devontae Adams and Amon Ross St. Browns and, you know, AJ Browns. And we've seen it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's gotten picked apart. Even being 10 yeah, to 15 even yards off a of player. Yeah. Even, on, even in the zone, they're still going after Patrick Peterson. And he makes a couple of good plays a game. Uh, Cam Dantzler actually really shined against the Saints on Sunday, so maybe maybe yeah. he's coming into his own a little bit. He talked about getting his swagger back in the offseason, so, um, and I doubted him. I mean, <laughs> who am I to doubt Cam Dantzler? I'm, who are you to doubt? Who am Cam? I to doubt Cam Dantzler? Um, Kirk, we talked offensively a little bit, and mm-hmm. we talked about how he scored when we needed to, but this is back-to-back weeks where when Kirk had to deliver, he delivered a game-winning clutch drive um, and I mean, if he doesn't do that, the Vikings probably lose back to back weeks and we're one and three. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Here. I, I thought, let me see. I was looking for my stat. Hold on. Hold on. The, the suspense is going to be electric here as everyone, uh, just waits. Oh, I can't find it. My okay. bad guys. Well, on a side note, Kirk Cousins is three and one for the first time in his career. <laughs> <laughs> there we yeah, go. Uh, but no, uh, this that was just about how many different fourth quarter drives that he's led and clutch drives or whatever the word they use. I feel like, like it's twenty or, or twenty one or something like that. But yeah, it was something like that, twenty or twenty one. And then the amount he has the same amount as like uh, the list was. It's kind of crazy. There's like Troy Aikman, and there's like a bunch of like huge Hall of Fame names that he's led as many clutch drives so, as. So does that now, mean Kirk Cousins is as good as Troy Aikman? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, yeah, take that for a grain of salt. But the point of it is just simply saying that he is showing up for the most part when we need him to show up. There's parts of the game that look kind of clunky, but like that one on one, you know, it's kind of when you run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, just waiting to break open that big run in the fourth quarter. The Vikings kind of did that where Jefferson, they're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, they hit him so obviously all game, but. They were waiting for that one-on-one man coverage, and the second they saw it, they were going to check into a, you know, basically a Jefferson go route. And what do they do? He gets like a forty-yard boom bomb mm-hmm. when he gets his one-on-one, and that was like the most perfectly placed ball. Like that was expert. And so, yeah, Kirk Cousins. I mean, his stats are kind of not. I mean, he has six touchdowns and four picks right now. Like he's being kind of careless randomly. I mean, the Eagles game was the worst of it, but. I mean, they have tried to tell him to unleash the ball and throw it downfield yep. a little bit more. So maybe he's trying to come into that area in this yep. game a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, and it's not the end of the world. Like, but so point is just that his stats aren't like insane right now. But he's clutch. He's been clutch. Just mm-hmm. as long as the game's not at night. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. As long as it's a prime time game in the morning in London. That's- 
at 8.30 Central? <laughs> That's what I saw. There was a meme on Twitter that was like, just basically making fun of that point. It was like, you know, 7.30 p.m. And it was like, like coming out of the shell. And then it was like noon and he was like, you know, full power. But then it was like 8.30 a.m. And it was just like an explosion. Like for Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it really like it's the have... next level of power for Kirk Cousins to play at 8.30. And, you know, people in L.A. at 6.30 in the morning and they're not even awake. Yeah, he did have a lot of passing yards, like 273 or something. And I'm pretty sure when he played in London against Andy Dalton last time, and in which it was a tie, everyone, kept on, yeah, everyone kept on talking about that. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I think he threw for over 400 yards in that game. So he does yeah. have some success in London and at least passing yards. Um, yeah. Do you think the Vikings are ever going to catch a break from the rest? I mean, it's like 15 on 11 out there. I mean, this is ridiculous. Well, that's, I mean, I'm sure it's every fan base, but it does make me laugh when I see all these different people on Twitter that, you know, you follow. And every week after week, they'll complain about the refs this and the refs that. And then it's suddenly quiet when the Vikings get a few 50-50 calls that go their way. So <laughs> right. It's, it's it's almost like it's just kind of random. In some weeks, you get lucky. In some weeks, you don't. The refs are just kind of trying their best, and they screw up sometimes. Wait, like, no, no. Roger Goodell hates the Minnesota Vikings. I feel like Ro- Roger Goodell would like the Vikings in terms of if they actually made the Super Bowl, like for being one of the franchises that has like the longest like drought. Like, I feel like that would be at least a somewhat interesting storyline for the NFL purposes. Like, I know maybe I'm overinflating Minnesota's impact on the country, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's not at the bottom of his list of teams that he would want to see lose like i'm guessing we're, like if everything minnesota related we're probably just in the middle yeah probably but anyway yeah so refing yeah i mean the hands of the face was the bad one yeah i wonder if they called it on the wrong player you know how they say the number wrong but typically the instant replay will catch that you know yeah usually they correct it they show because they yeah they have a guy whose job is to find it on the tv you know so he's looking through the replays quick and usually yeah they'll flip over and show the different spot but yeah they didn't but who knows? Yeah, but if that was the hands of the face, that was, that was, you know, I'm guessing yeah. your daughter has had more vicious hands to the face. <laughs> yeah. Her own hands to the face. That's her a, fingers <laughs> are in her mouth and everything. Yeah. Um, the pass interference call, I thought, was legit enough. You know, that I, was legit enough. And, and to be fair to them, they were consistent. Like, they had called a lot of, like, holdings and... <laughs> Like they were kind of calling more corner and wide receiver tanglements as penalties. So some mm-hmm. refs just let all of those go and they weren't. So it, it was consistent with what they had been calling. Yeah. It was one of those things where it was the perfect underthrow, right? If that's overthrown, that's not a penalty, but it was underthrown. So Thielen tries to come back to the ball just a little bit. Guy was kind of holding him, and then it looks 10 times worse when Thielen turns to try to catch it. So Honestly, I don't know. But then it was still a break, though. I mean, they, they could have not mm-hmm. called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, if they didn't call it, I think it would have been understandable. And right. if they did, it was really a 50-50 call, uh, like yep. you mentioned. Um, honestly, if I was a quarterback and I knew my receiver had like maybe one step on the cornerback, would you purposely underthrow the football to immediately gain a pass interference penalty? Now, I think it depends on the receiver. Like Adam Thielen, he's not going to go up and snag it over... Marcus Lattimore, Justin Jefferson probably will go up and snag it over Marcus Lattimore. 
it's risky because if if there's no contact, if the corner just kind of notices in time and he just you know, then he's just going to pick it off. So yeah, That's I mean, true. It's high risk, high reward. I'm, I mean, there is sometimes where you watch teams and they just chuck it up as high as they can. It seems like hoping for a pass interference. Seems like but, the Aaron Rodgers special. Seems like yeah, that a lot. That's true. Um, Speaking of refing, by the way, yeah. Controversy yesterday in our middle school football game. Oh, let's hear it. Yes. We played two since the last time we talked. Also, by the way, before I start that story, I found out Casey Fails is not the one listening to the podcast. Wow. It's Caleb. Jeez. So Caleb's <laughs> gonna give a Casey a whole bunch of crap for this. Well, no, no, no. Just from because we mentioned Casey like a couple weeks ago, you know? Yeah. And so he then he texted us right away, like for getting a shout out. He wasn't even listening. Caleb was the one who told Casey that he got shouted out. So, Caleb, here's so, your shout out. Here's shout your out podcast Caleb, shout out. Casey's yeah. a fraud. That's yeah. <laughs> Following in Mark Rosen's footsteps. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, rep- story time. Yeah. So Thursday we we, we beat Rockford, thirty to zero. Of course, yeah. on top of the world. <laughs> um, Yesterday we lost to Howard Lake and ended up being twenty-eight to fourteen. Okay, battle. We 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 were. It was a good humble loss for us. We were kind of <laughs> on our high horse a little bit. Yeah, we're looking at the game tape the same way. Yeah, we were. It was, it was. You know, we were. We were feeling ourselves, and Howard Lake came to play. We weren't quite ready. To, we thought we might just walk over them. They they had beaten Howard Lake last year too, so that kind of. Sure. I think they were just thinking it would be. Well, I guess the crowd was it on the road? Was it a road? It game? was on the road. The crowd was rowdy. Yeah, I was gonna say you got the crowd noise, and you know it's yeah. the lake tra- crowd was. You're traveling. You got jet lag traveling to Howard Lake. It's tough. Yeah, but I I never ever would ever get you know it's a middle school ref getting thirty dollars for that game, so I don't ever say anything. You know, there's holding on every play by ten different players on both teams. Like it, I don't care about anything. But we got a fourth down stop, and so we were on our own three yard line. And I'm I'm convinced that this ref is not aware of what forward progress is. <laughs> because we ran the ball up the middle. Our running back got to the line of scrimmage and like hit our lineman and then hit like got tackled or like got, you know, wrapped up by our late guys. Got pushed back into the end zone. And then he called the safety. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, hold on. <laughs> like, like he got back to the line of scrimmage and then got hit. Like that's forward progress. Like at most, he maybe you could argue he lost like half a yard. At most, if you wanted to, I wouldn't complain. But if it, you could have argued, probably he gained a half yard when he actually made contact with the Howard Lake guy. So then, so he's running, he's kind of walking down the line, and I was like, "Sir, he made it all the way out to the three yard line." He's like, "Are you kidding me? He got tackled in the end zone." I was like, "Whoa!" I'm like, "I don't." And we were losing at that point, so I'm like, "I know it's I'm like it doesn't affect the score of the game. Like we're probably not going to win anyway." But I'm like. He got to right here. And I like pointed at the line. And he's like, You're kidding me. He didn't even get close. That was a safety. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, arrogant and wrong. And then I just waved at him and walked away. Because that's Classic all that matters. Yeah, Howard that's... Lake. Must have been a Howard Lake fan. But I, I just I just think either he missed how far he got. Cause I mean, sometimes you're looking down the line and the running back kind of disappears, you know, disappears as all the linemen are moving. Or he just, I mean, there was a couple other times during the game with the forward progress thing. They just like, there would be contact and then there'd be like five or six people like tackling the running back and he gets pushed back and then they'd wait, 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 and then blow the whistle kind of thing. And then they'd place it kind of weird, the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think they just weren't, you know, I don't know. Weren't ready for it. 
yeah, just weren't that schooled in like forward progress. And it's where that point of contact happens. But again, I wasn't like yelling at the guy, but I'm like, I was like, hold, 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 hold on. Whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. He, got, he got to right here. Yeah. Like, oh, again. I don't want to disrespect any rest. And it's like he was mean about it, but he just was so confident. I'm like, you're so confident, but you are not right. <laughs> so are you joining that Vikings fan base of blaming the refs for the loss? Yeah, I took to Twitter. Um, <laughs> Obviously. Started, it's the only I, rational I, thing to do. I, I tweeted out my dis, displeasing you know, nature that I was in yesterday, my state. I, t- I tweeted rashly. Um, I expect to hear from the right county conference and I, I will probably be levied a fine um, for going after the officials in my press conference. But was it worth it? But it'll be worth it. I sent the message to the guys that I had their back. Um, it's really, I'll, yeah, it's I'll really match, like I'll donate. I'll match the fine. I'll donate to someone's favorite charity. So it'll be fine. It's really prepping your team up to get ready for the Watertown game. You know? next Thursday. Yeah. Next Thursday. It's really, it's, it's, it's whispering into the official's ear, knowing that you're watching every single thing that they call. Yeah. So I'll, I think it's I really, I don't, I don't want to come off as a, you know, some, you know, jerk. Cause like, I don't get after refs ever. Even in, when I was doing varsity basketball, it's like, I don't need to get after refs. But I was just like, no, sir, you are wrong in this instance. Like, he got to the three-yard line. I do remember oh. one instance, and it looked a whole lot worse from the bleachers as it did on the court. According to you, my inside oh. source. According to you, my inside source. I remember watching a playoff game when I think you were a junior. And um, you were talking to a ref. This is basketball. And Trevor comes over. Oh, that was yeah, at Mayor. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that was at Mayor. Yeah. yeah. So it was like for the conference. Yeah. Yeah. And Trevor comes over and you're just talking to the ref. And Trevor comes over and tries <laughs> to pull you away. And you're trying to get back yeah. into your conversation with the ref. And then, and then the crowd who has no idea what's going on. Give him a technical. Give him a technical. Because your shirt's getting like dragged from Trevor. and. Yeah, Trevor made it look like I was ready to fight the ref. No, literally yeah. what happened was I shot a three and the guy like kind of half. It wasn't like a, I didn't think it was a foul at all. He just he just kind of was half under me. So my ankle landed or like I my foot landed on his foot a little bit. And so I did what, you know, any shooter does. Right. I My ankle started. You, you feel that moment where it's starting to like twist or roll. And so I just fell instead of land, fully landing. Like I felt it start to go and I just landed on my butt. And then I didn't say anything to the ref because I'm like, that's not a foul. I just was making sure my ankle didn't die, basically. And then the ref walked by and like kind of he's in a little bit of a tone was like flop again. And that's a technical. And I literally all I said was, I'm like, sir, I wasn't trying to flop. I just was making sure my ankle didn't roll. That's literally all I got out. And then Trevor grabbed my jersey. Like, like I said, like I was ready to fist fight somebody and like shoved me away. I was like, what are you doing, Trevor? Like, I'm not even mad. I just let him know I wasn't trying to flop and that I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't trying to flop. Can you even get a technical for flopping in high school basketball? I don't know. Yeah, that was the first I've ever, I mean, I've played forever and I've coached the last five years high school basketball. I've not heard that one before. I mean, um, we had the ultimate flopper on our team, Colton Bjorkland. He would, <laughs> he would yeah. shoot a three pointer. And I mean, he, he knew it too. Like he, he would shoot a three pointer and then fall back after he shot the three, after he would knew it was going in. And anytime the ref called a foul, he had the biggest smile on his face because he knew he got away with it. Yeah. So. Well, the, the only time I got after the ref as a, as assistant coach, you can't really do that ever, but we were playing our, uh, I believe it was our playoff game against Holy family. And we were a huge underdog and 
we were running a play on offense, two, three minutes left and like only up by like six points or something really close. And our guy like got bumped out of bounds, like on the baseline, like our just a cutter, like mm. part of the play. So the ball's in the top of the key. And he like ran out of bounds because the guy like bumped him and he took like two steps out of bounds and ran inbounds. And the ref actually called like a violation for like, because you can't purposely run out of bounds to like as an advantage, apparently. Mm. And so <laughs> he, and he was out of, he was out of bounds for like two steps and got bumped out. And the guy called it a, a violation for running out of bounds at, to create an advantage. And we were just like, like flabbergasted that we've never, I mean, I've still, that's the only time I've ever even heard of that being called. Yeah. And then it was in prime time of a playoff game. I was like, that was, that was not great. Hmm. No, mm-hmm. well, maybe you should talk to Roger Goodell and see why he's yeah, we, coming after Jake. We Anderson. got fine. Wright County sent to find too. So we're, we're racking up the donations to the Wright <laughs> County conference. Oh, well, you're a good man. Well, Let's let's finish up with a preview for the Vikings Bears game. Mm-hmm. Your prediction, your take on what the Vikings will accomplish Sunday against the Bears. Well, I think Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than the Bears team. <laughs> yeah. So their offense is putrid. It really is. I mean, Justin Fields, I don't know if it if he, it's hard to tell if he is bad or they just set him up for failure so bad with the lack of weapons they have that the team is bad or it's both. I'm not 100% sure yet. But if the, right, if the Vikings don't clean up in this game and kind of have one of those convincing wins, um, then there's maybe a little more room for concern. Um, they're clearly worse than, I know the record, they're two and two, I believe, and the Lions are one and three. That, will be flipped by the end of the year. The Lions are a way better team than the Bears are. The Bears could be one of the worst teams in the entire league. I'm not sure who else I would take over them. Um, They're just not a lot of talent on offense or defense. Um, So it should be kind of a, you know, our famous last words as Viking fans should be a walk in the park win, but (laughs) it will be a game winning 61 field goal that our double doink goes in or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have a score prediction for us? Let's go with 31-10. Wow. 31-10. Bears can't score the ball. I mean, they're, the only reason we might not get the 31 is they do run the ball like crazy. So, like, it could be a situation where if they, if the Vikings start slow and the Bears are running the clock, like, it's 7-3 to three at halftime. You <laughs> I think know? this is going to be a boring game. <laughs> so, it could be. I mean, they could, Vikings could, quote-unquote, dominate in a win that's, like, 17-3. to three. Yeah. Two, I could see that formula happening too if the bear, but if the Vikings jump on them, get early to you know, all of a sudden it's 14 0, they start with two touchdowns, like it could be a boat race. But you're right, yeah, if the Bears run the clock a little bit and like convert a long drive into a field goal or even a touchdown, it could be a boring, sluggish game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> this might be a game where it's like, oh my gosh, can we just turn it off already? Well, that's a yeah, Bill Simmons always talks about it because he obviously he watches all football all day every day every Sunday and he always calls them apple picking weekends. He's like, if there's no good games, 
strategically pick that weekend to go apple picking with your wife and family so that the next week when there's all the good games, you can sit on the couch the whole day. <laughs> that is a good strategy. So this might be an apple picking weekend to miss that Vikings game. Yeah, honey, you, you talked about doing that one thing with that one yeah. thing where it's out of town. Let's do it this weekend. I, I don't want to be selfish this weekend. I want to think about how, what you want, what you want right. to do. Because she will have no idea that you don't really want to watch the Bears and Vikings play anyway. So you can say, ah, no, I'll sack. I don't have to watch football this week. You know, it's like I'm willing to give that up. I don't. Let's go pick some apples and go carve some pumpkins at the apple orchard. That'd be that'd be really fun. Good date. And then yeah. next Sunday, it's like they don't exist. And you're on the couch watching football for 12 hours again. <laughs> I'll see. I can't watch football for 12 hours a day. That's just too tough for me. I mean, I know a lot of people... I think a lot of people do do that, but I mean, mm-hmm. I, I watch it like a Vikings game. I don't typically watch the three thirty game unless it's like a uh, like a a good game in the fourth quarter. I'll switch it on with like six or seven minutes left to see the final drive, and then maybe like a half of Sunday night football unless it's like a must watch. I say for me, it just depends on the matchups. Like the first couple of weeks of the NFL season, I probably I do watch pretty much all three games on Sunday. Um, regardless of what they are. Plus, you got but, fantasy like, football at stake, too. You right, because I like fantasy football, too. So yeah. well, at this point in the season, now it's just more of like, if the 325 game is a good one, then I will watch it. If it's not, I'll usually do something else. Same with the Sunday night and Monday night. Like, if they're good games or at least decent games or fantasy guys, I'll watch it. But I don't know. Like, Chiefs box from Sunday, like, after a quarter, you could tell that was going to be a blowout. So I didn't watch the rest of that one. I'm like, I don't need to see this blowout. Broncos and who do they play Monday? Um, oh, I was laughing. Sorry, no. Well, that was Sunday night with Broncos. It doesn't matter. But Rams, even 49ers, right away, you can tell the Rams didn't have it. I'm like, I don't care about these two teams. I'm not watching this trash. Yeah, yeah. Go apple picking, Holly. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, let's do what you want to do tonight. I'm tired of watching football. Yeah. Or it's like, let's watch what you want to watch. I can sacrifice football today. And say, yeah, I don't want to watch it anyway. <laughs> Hallmark movie comes in. Yeah, and then I usually fall asleep on the couch. So everyone wins. <laughs> uh, I'll predict Vikings 24-14 over the Bears. Okay. So yeah. similar idea. It just depends how quickly the Vikings start, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll I like see how that time difference affects them coming back. Ooh, true. Yeah. The London effect. The London. I know. It's like everyone gets into how big of a deal the London game is. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure jet lag, I'm sure they could feel it, but. Right. Well, that's what I, I laughed at Common. I'm sure you follow Common Man on Twitter. Like, when it looked like the Vikings might lose, he was tweeting out about how the circadian rhythms of Vikings, <laughs> like, they were, it was going to cost them the win. Their time clocks are off. Their time clocks. And then they won. And then he tweeted about the Saints' time <laughs> clocks that if they would have showed up later, they would have won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love me some Common. Program. I'm a big program password guy. Program program all right everyone jake anything else you wanted to say nope nope all right (laughs) everyone thank you for listening to this episode of the minnesota tim podcast with jake stakes he'll be back again next wednesday follow rate review the podcast wherever you're currently listening to this podcast everyone have a great week we'll be back again next week talk to you later at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.